It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. So, Scott, what maggots are you hijacked? In your yeah, you hijacked the intro. What the heck? <laughs> Walk the plank. <laughs> Ascended to the deep. I'll tell you what's burrowing in there now is that somebody just hijacked my introduction. You were really quick to do that, too. You knew I was going to just go on, and then you, man. Yeah, you would have jumped in. I had to be super quick. Yeah, jeez. So that's what's bothering me right now. That's what the maggot is. You're the maggot burrowing into my periwig. How do you feel about that? I kind of like it. Thanks for joining us for Minute 63 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Get on over to the Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. We just set it up. For God's sakes, don't leave us hanging. Don't leave us like gibbeted pirates out in the open. Get on over there. Click join. We'll call it a day. We'll leave you alone. Just go ahead and do it. We won't leave you alone. Yeah, you're right. I won't leave you alone. But it is pretty much like a tavern, as I said. And I'll let you in to have some virtual grog. As long as Heather's not there, she won't steal it from you. But we want to hear your thoughts, and let's discuss Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It'll be fun. This Friday, and actually Monday, we are being joined, as I said last time, by special guest Adam Liebrick Johnson, a member of the Royal French Privateers of Clan Darksail, which is the pirate reenactment group. Adam has quite a bit of pirate knowledge and experience and love for the Pirates of the Caribbean films, so it'll be fun having him on to discuss Curse of the Black Pearl. And we're coming up to some pretty cool stuff and some pirate action in there, so it'll be good to get his take on it. And just the show, well, the show, the movie in general up to this point. So it'll be fun to do that. And since he's a regular contributor and we talk about him frequently on the show with his pirate insights. Exactly. (laughs) It'll be fun to do that. So if you don't have anything else, if you're not just going to inject and hijack things, I say we get going, Heather. Not yet. Not yet? Just wait. Uh Uh-oh. In the previous minute, Josh Mee Gibbs presents a motley crew entirely enthusiastic. Well, eager. Well, maybe interested in joining Jack to set sail in pursuit of the Black Pearl. I mean, Elizabeth Swan, just in case Will Turner is listening. Jack gives a double take at Marty and manages to engage in a robust conversation with a macaw, who is definitely more eager than the pirates to set sail. As Jack continues to walk the lineup, he is intrigued by a woman who asks, And what's the benefit for us? Minute 63 begins with Captain Sparrow peering under and then lifting the hat of the once-concealed face of the Lady Pirate. Anna Maria! Anna Maria, he says before his luck with the ladies continues as a slap across the face ensues. Will Turner chimes in? I suppose you don't deserve that one either. The minute ends with Gibbs saying, No, 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 no. It's frightful bad luck to bring a woman on board, sir. Jack replies, It'll be far worse not to have her, while he looks towards the sky. Pirates of the Caribbean, here's a first. We have our first lady pirate on the franchise here. And she gives us a hell of an introduction and reinforcing Jack's reputation as a true (laughs) ladies' man. 
<laughs> I mean, he comes across and he likes to present himself as a ladies' man. Oh, yeah. But if I'm counting correctly, that's four slaps in the movie so far, three of which he deserved, or at least he says he deserves, and then one he's not sure that he deserved, which isn't a blatant, I didn't deserve that. So you pretty much got, what, three and a half slaps out of four that he deserved? Well, Anna Maria here slaps him twice. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's still oh, a slap. Okay. I had it three, and then I said, well, no, she does slap him twice. I was so trying you... to think if anybody else slapped him so far. I don't think Elizabeth think has good. slapped him, right? That would be the only other one. No, I don't think she slapped him. Norrington wanted to slap him, or yeah. more, when he was nuzzling against <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth. Governor Swan also wanted to do the same. So we have four real slaps, maybe a couple Want to mental slaps. I, I will want to slap him, too. I'm sure that's the case, definitely. I thought her shaking her head when he says he deserved the slap was actually just priceless. And it was completely believable, yeah. that whole scene there. And I'm sold on her anger for Jack. And it's not just because she slaps him again. But just the look she gets and the feeling that's emanating from her voice. I just, I'm, I think she did a really good job She did. I was wondering... It's almost as if she's competing for Jack and the acting chops here. Or at least for Johnny, I should say. Yeah. I mean, she almost takes that scene from there. Yeah, she does. She does a really good job here. Yeah, so I, I don't want to say takes it from the whole movie because definitely Jack yeah. is a colorful character. But in this like small 60-second window, and it's less than 60 seconds what she actually has here, I think she actually does a good job and almost takes that scene. Yeah. I just really get that feeling from her. I guess if you're a pirate and someone steals your boat, though, you'd probably be a little irritated like she is. Just slightly. I mean, Jack should know the feeling given what happened to him in the Black Pearl. Or his excuse is borrowed. But I'm pretty sure what he meant to say was actually pirate. Because we know that that's his famous excuse that he gives Will back in the blacksmith shop. Like, why did you cheat? Or why were you not playing fairly? And he says, well, pirate. Yeah. So as we've known that you can use that in just about any situation, I think he probably should have just said pirate, pirate. again. And then yeah. she would have understood. Yeah. Especially being a pirate herself. Yeah. I mean, but the pirate code says, I, what were we looking at? That, you know, not at least in the pirate codes for the Pirates of the Caribbean, it's not, you weren't supposed to actually do harm to another pirate or something like that, too. So I don't he know if stealing... He didn't do harm, he just borrowed. That's true. But is stealing or mute... I don't know. That That's a whole thing. So, I mean... Which brings up a really interesting point that we never thought of. If Barbosa was really into the pirate code and this pirate code of brethren and the whole parlay and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he didn't adhere to the pirate code that said, you know, you can't really harm another pirate. Or I imagine I have to look into that code more because I, I doubt that it says that you're, you're supposed to steal or have a mutiny on a pirate ship. So I guess it's like he says, there are more guidelines than actual rules. Exactly. I mean, he really wanted the gold, so we know that he took the ship and then marooned Jack on the island and all that kind of stuff. But it's real, they're starting to really be selective on what they want to actually do as far as the pirate code. Uh, yeah, we'll obey this one yeah. and we won't really take that one into account. It's just guidelines. And if you didn't catch it, the boat she's actually referring to when she says that, you know, you stole my boat, she's referring to the Jolly Mon, and that's the famous boat that he sailed to Port Royal in. It's, which is like a yeah, submarine vessel that now lives at the bottom of the harbor there. <laughs> and the one that was still at the bottom of the harbor when they were leaving yeah. and fleeing on the HMS yeah. Interceptor. Did you see the way Jack kind of creeped towards her? I did, yeah. He's just kind of creeping. Like, he knew who this was, but he wasn't quite sure. And did he really want to look under that hat to see who it was? Yeah, well, now that we know that he stole her boat, 
I think that he, rec- even though she tried to disguise her voice yeah. when she said that, I think he got an inkling like, okay, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. And then he looks under, he's, he's probably thinking, oh, geez, <laughs> Anna Maria. And then he tries to play it off. Oh, Anna Maria. Woo. <laughs> so glad to see you. <laughs> By the way, the Jolly Mon, I got it all ready for you. It's just at Port Royal. Yeah. Talk to the harbor master. It's all paid for. <laughs> You can just take it's it under on the man, Mister Smith. <laughs> you can go find it. Yeah, so he probably should have said that. Yeah, oh, but it's like just I said, sitting at Port Royal. Yeah, go pick it up. Can, we can swing by, and I'll drop you off at Port Royal yeah. when we get there. Well, I, I just really love this whole scene. It it really looks like they're all having a great time here. Yeah, not as necessarily the characters, but also the actors. And Will Turner, like you said, we're talking about yesterday, and kind of that smug look. But here, he's just smiling and smirking away. He's thoroughly enjoying watching Anna Maria give Jack a tongue lashing. No offense to Cotton. Arr! That wasn't a pun on Cotton. <laughs> and then he also gets a couple of slaps. So I think Will Turner is really enjoying that. But we know that he likes retribution for pirates. So I think this is just tickling him. Yeah, He's just so irritated with Jack and that he has to actually be part of this merry crew or motley crew. Merry crew would probably be more like Robin Hood, actually. The <laughs> yeah. Merry men. But Will Turner is actually a bit just irritated with this whole situation that he has to partner up with Jack to get this Elizabeth job done. Well, he has to be frustrated that it's taking so long to get to her. I mean, they had to go to Tortuga, and then they had to get a crew, and they had to, you well, know. Well, yeah, they're still on this Tortuga. Is, this is taking forever to actually Well, it's that thing. Go. It's like a, a watch pot never boils yeah. thing. And Will, just as we saw him run towards... Well, to Fort Charles to get Norrington and Governor Swan to do something. And they gave him kind of a reality check there. And then, so yeah, he's been eager and rash this whole time. And now he's finding that they're trying to get a crew together that we talked about yesterday. That's this really not really up to his standards kind of crew. Right. In general, he's just irritated with pirates as it is. And more irritated with Jack and more irritated with himself probably that he has to actually partner up with a pirate. And is becoming kind of a pirate himself as we talked about against his moral... Judgment? upbringing yeah. and judgment and all that stuff so every chance he gets you know he's always looking to get back at a pirate and so he offers anna maria the interceptor if she and the motley crew join their efforts and then will it's like he shows with every little thing that he does his kind of disgust with pirates because it's whether he's trying to kill or capture one at sword point or simply throwing a bucket of water on gibbs that, that kind of manifests his frustration yeah he then gives away the interceptor yeah. To Anna Maria. This is actually kind of a really funny scene because first Jack tells her, we'll get you another one. And then Will says, a better one. Jack goes, a better one? Will says, that one. Well, then Jack comes back. He's like, what one? It's kind of this look like, what are you talking about? And Will just kind of nods his head towards the interceptor. So this is a whole funny little Yeah, because scene all, the, here. all the pirates then that are lined up then turn their head in unison yes. to look. Yeah. And then they all turn back in unison to look at him like, wow, that's a hell of a prize <laughs> you're going to give her. And we'll be pirates on that because we'll be hanging out with her. Right. So it's kind of a really funny scene, you know, and he's giving away the interceptor. And Jack's not liking that he's getting, giving away the interceptor. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get back the Black Pearl or that's his intention. Well, he, he assumes he's going to try I to know, get it I know, but back. that's what you didn't let me say is that he's trying to get that back. So, I mean, he could at least have sold it or maybe he could give it to Gibbs or somebody or traded it or, like I said, sold this ship. 
Instead, now he has to give away the prize, which is the prize of the Royal Navy because it's the fastest ship. Right. Now he has to give it away to Anna Maria. Well, my thoughts, too, here, when he's looking at Will, as Will's giving away the Interceptor, is is he thinking in his mind, does Will have something up his sleeve that he's giving away the Interceptor? Or, I'm a pirate and I can always take this bag. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. You I know, think if I can't thinking. get the pearl... I can always get it back. Well, I don't think that he's going to just give away. I don't think his intention would be to give away that ship until he has a ship of his own. Right. But I don't think that he thinks necessarily Will has something up his sleeve. I think he just thinks Will is being a butt. (laughs) Well, Will is being a butt. (laughs) Yeah, but I think he's being a butt. It's like the... It's putting him on the spot where the whole... This whole motley crew of pirates will walk away and this is all that they have. Yeah. And he has to get going and, and to catch the Black Pearl. Right. And he doesn't have any more time to waste. And it's, it reminds me of that scene in The Office when Toby is leaving and Michael Scott goodbye, gives him the Toby. rock. <laughs> no singing goodbye, Toby. That My my job is the singing around oh. here. Jeez, you're always stepping on my Forgot. toes. Remember, I'm supposed to be the singer. The rock? rock? Michael Scott gives him the going away gift, which is just a rock that says suck on it or whatever it was. Yeah. And... Then he plays it off, and then it's Pam who says, oh, weren't you going to give him your watch? Yeah. And that was the real gift, and then he feels obligated to give him the watch and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly what's happening here, kind of line for line or word for word, if you want to call it that, except we just insert ship. Insert ship here. (laughs) Instead of watch. When Will says a better one to Anna Maria, does he know that the boat in question is the Jolly Mon? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because how would he know if it's a better one? Well, any ship is going to be better than the one he stole, right? Or than yeah, the but Interceptor. Or the Interceptor is always going to be better than anything, anything else that she had, I think. Okay. And he didn't... Well, that's the thing. Jack needed a boat. He knew that there wasn't a boat there. Oh, I don't know. That's a good point, actually. Did... When they were walking under the the harbor with the, with the longboat over their head... Yeah. Like in the submarine kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe he pointed when they were under there like, hey, there's the Jolly Mon. Because they just walk, you know, they have to walk right by it. Yeah, but would Jack really admit that that was his boat? Well, it's not his boat. He well, just that, brought it he, there. that's what he Yeah, I think he on. probably would have. You think? Because I think he said he would have sailed there. a little bit there. on the embarrassing side. Isn't it embarrassing that he's a captain and doesn't have his own ship as it is right there? And then they have to go commandeer a vessel? Well, yeah. Because if the whole point was is that he already had a vessel then he would have sailed off on that. Right. They wouldn't need the Interceptor. Right. I think that problem so solved. So think he, he told him as they're walking by, hey, that was my ship. I sunk it. <laughs> I don't think he said that was his ship. I think he said, that's the boat I sailed in on, and I stole it from this other pirate lady <laughs> who I'll probably never see again. Is Jack that open, though? No, because he wouldn't yeah. have said anything. Yeah. He just walked by it. Maybe Will's like, look at that sunk boat right there. Oh, yeah. That's what I sailed in. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. I don't know if he knows if it would be better. Okay. That's a good point. Because I don't think that conversation ever came up between them of how they got there or what he stole. Right. But I can just imagine that Will is assuming that the Interceptor is a prize worth taking and would definitely be better than anything. Not only that, she says boat, not ship. Right. Boat is definitely a different connotation than ship. He says, okay, she had a boat. He took the boat. We're going to give you a better one, which is a ship. Not only that, it's the HMS Interceptor. Not only that, which is the fastest ship in the Royal British Fleet. Okay. 
That's my take I'll on take it. I'll take it. If you didn't know it, in case you're not up on that kind of stuff, Anna Maria is played by Zoe Saldana. She has a golden touch when it comes to connecting with successful film franchises or soon-to-become film franchises, I should say. Although she does not continue on in the Pirates of the Caribbean films, this is really her only appearance in The Curse of the Black Pearl, she is Uhura in Star Trek, the rebooted film series. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. I knew, See, I knew Heather didn't know who she was. I didn't. I was trying to play it off. Yeah, of course you were. That's why I actually had to say that. Everybody else out there is like, yeah, we know who she is. Why are you going to go into it? But actually, I was talking to Heather. You just have to sit there while I explain this. We've already established this is a rule. Heather doesn't the know law. Anybody. Heather doesn't know about movies. She doesn't. She can't connect names. She thinks Anthony Hopkins is somebody else out there. They're all, she's always mixing them up. Kevin Sean. Spacey, no, Sean Connery, Sean Anthony Connery. Hopkins are all one person. Kevin Spacey's not in there. Really? Just Anthony Hopkins and Sean Connery. Okay, there you go. Sean Connery and Anthony Hopkins are the same person in her eyes, so that's why we have to spell this out for her. She is Uhura in Star Trek, the rebooted films. She also is Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy films, and so there's another one of those coming out. It's the lady in that. The green lady, right? Or she's wearing green? Yeah. (laughs) That's how Heather knows them. If this was a black and white movie, Guardians of the Galaxy was black and white, it'd be all over with. Heather would be like, oh, who was that? And she is also Neytiri in Avatar, which is the main Na'vi lady that we see in the film. The blue lady. Okay. God, I had to actually say colors to get her to do this. You know, the blue. The blue lady. Native. Yeah. yeah. Who, who the they go one. through the... The forest yeah, and light up the, the forest. forest. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Why are you making faces? Because it's the main lady, the main Navi it. lady. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That is her, plus a ton of other movies. Sorry you guys had to sit through that. Poor Heather. But what I'm starting to wonder is maybe if she was actually channeling some of her frustration on that particular scene when she was interacting with Jack Sparrow. Because apparently she's been less than positive about her experience on the movie. Curse oh, of the really? Black Pearl. Yeah. And she talked about it a number of times. So here's a quote that I pulled from one interview that she had. Those weren't the right people for me. I'm not talking about the cast. The cast was great. I'm talking about the political stuff that went on behind closed doors. It was a lot of above the line versus below the line, extras versus actors, producers versus PAs. It was very elitist. I almost quit the business. I was 23 years old and I was like, F this. I am never putting myself in a situation like this again. People disrespecting me because they look at my number on a call sheet and they think I'm not important. Huh. So obviously she didn't really get a good feel for the production side of things on that. So maybe she was taking out her behind the scenes frustration on Jack there and it was all coming through. Maybe. As for Anna Maria, the character, her name appears to be a blending of the four names of two historically documented female pirates, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. Oh, really? Not really, actually. Because it turns out, Terry Rossio confirmed that the name was chosen simply because Anna Maria is the middle name of his daughter. (laughs) So, people out there in the world, people like us, who look at this kind of stuff and break down these films or look at the minute details, say, hey, look at that, that's pretty cool, Link. And then you have the writer turn around and say, no, that's not what it was. I named her after my daughter. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that would have been so perfect. Unless, now, we can see something here that maybe that's where they really got it. And it turned out that his daughter was that. But to get favors and to to put that out there, he just said, no, it's really named after my daughter. When really, we know the truth. It was really named after them. 
He's just giving a wink, wink, nod, nod to his daughter, which I can understand. Yeah. That's okay. We'll give him a pass on that. But like Anna Maria, both Bonnie and Reed were known to have disguised themselves as men to join pirate crews, which is what we kind of see here with her. Kind of. Loosely. Yeah. Very loosely. She's, she's very girly looking. Well, she has the hat kind of pulled down. She's, But that's not why she's covering it because she's a lady or she did, a female. She was she's covering doing it because, because of Jack. Yeah. She yeah. didn't want to get yeah. kicked out. She was. She wanted to make her point, And that was what it was. It wasn't because she was a female. How'd she get by Gibbs with her hat down? You know what I mean? Because Gibbs is so no women on board type of thing. How'd she get by Gibbs? That is a good question. Maybe that is. Maybe this isn't. Maybe she did pass herself off as kind of a man. Yeah. She just held her head low and got up on the lineup because no way Gibbs would have assembled a lady uh-uh. to be there. There's no. no way. You're right. So I have to take back what I just said and I gave you that, threw you that bone that it was loosely. I think that she was trying to imitate a guy's voice. That's why she kind of threw her voice differently. And when he lifted the hat and saw that it was Anna Maria, because Gibbs definitely would have never allowed Anna Maria to no. get on the dock. He would have said, no, this is guys only. Yeah. Yeah. Gibbs is way too superstitious right to have well, let her in the on end there. of this minute he says no 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 exactly it's frightfully bad luck to bring a woman on board that's right so there's no way that that would have happened so i think that she was trying to pass herself off as a guy and just disguise herself at least try to keep her head low and just blend in with the crew it was enough to pass by the rum drinking gibbs that's right <laughs> although her character only appears in this film not in the other Pirates of the Caribbean films, the character does go on in the Jack Sparrow novels as part of the expanded universe, which are semi-prequels, which are actually prequels, I should say. Oh, okay. So she is there. And I do have some bits of history. I'll keep it light today. And I'm only doing that because I got a ton of other things going on and I didn't have all the time I wanted to research and bring all the female pirate stuff in, which is pretty cool. What? Yeah, and that wasn't a choice like that. I really want to do that. I just ran out of time. So we'll have to, we can slide that in since Anna Maria is through the film and bring some of those other famous pirate lady stuff in. But so as I mentioned, female pirates and Bonnie and Mary Reed, there are a host of other female pirates that are out there spanning from the 200 BC era through the 20th century. So there's some stuff that just stretches all the way back. Definitely not as many, say, women were pirates as men, but there are quite a handful over the, the centuries. And most notably being Bonnie and Reed. And probably because maybe more pop culture wise that we really hear of them more. And they were more 18th century pirates and dressed as men and did that disguise kind of thing. Right. According to some historical bits that I found, a man was required to own a pistol, one measure of ammunition, and a sword to sign on to a pirate ship. Oh, really? Yeah. So since you do carry... A pistol, a sword. Actually, your sword that I'm now remembering it, it's one of those little cocktail swords, so I don't think that really counts. <laughs> it has a little maraschino cherry on it. That doesn't count, actually. So I now that I think about maraschino it, cherry off. Yeah, but they so. can still see that it's a yellow sword. <laughs> it's a little on the green side. The green. I do have problems with colors. So yeah, green. Okay, there you go. And it's a green <laughs> plastic sword. A miniature. A miniature one. <laughs> I do pull the cherry off. I do use it for my jar of maraschino cherries, though. But I pull the cherry off before I actually go into battle. Yeah. And my pistol... That blasted woman poked my eye! My pistol is on the red side, but nobody had ever noticed that. Well, that's just because it's one of those plastic ones, and they now... It's like an orange, actually, because they now make you paint yes. those those 
plastic guns orange yeah, just for safety reasons. Yeah. The a real pirate? No, nah, I don't know if you could really get across. Well, was it a pistol, a sword? Measure what? of ammunition. So you have to have ammunition with you. I got my arm. measure and ammunition. It happens to be the maraschino cherries. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And the bottle of water. <laughs> rum. Bottle of, yeah, there you bottle go. Bottle of rum. <laughs> yeah, let's shoot. be honest with We everybody. don't want to shoot rum at people. That's a waste of rum. Heather has a squirt gun filled with rum. When she goes into battle, she just squirts it in her mouth. <laughs> okay, we've done that enough. Let's go on to Jack Sparrow. There's a couple of things about Jack Sparrow that maybe we can address. Maybe in the next minute, actually, now that I think about it. It's kind of this weird look to the sky thing he's doing here. And I'm thinking maybe next episode we could talk about it, unless you had something for that. And I just Yeah, it's kind Just of, because it continues in with the next minute yeah. with Will and Gibbs. Well, we'll tackle that the next minute. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Maybe in minute 64. Yeah. I mean, we could do it now, but I, I think it's better than... That way we can kind of tie it all together as opposed to yes. looking ahead into the future minute. We can actually kind of rehash back. I agree with you. About time. Then did you notice that Jack was... Carrying a banana? Yes. I mean, what's, what's and he was holding it backwards. Yeah, what's going on with the banana? I have no clue. He was hungry. That's what I you was You know, wondering. well, there was a whole bunch of fruit on the dock. There was like fruits and stuff you could see kind of on the edges of the dock. Maybe he pulled it from one of the fruit baskets. And so he's just holding yeah, he's on just to hungry? it. hungry? You know? Maybe, yeah. He's all, oh, this looks good. And just kind of, it gave him something to do with his hand. Yeah, because actually that... It is good to, if he's in that acting mode, maybe it was just nice to hold on to something. Yeah. <laughs> After Anna Maria smacked him a couple times, I'm surprised he didn't squish it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking, okay, what's the symbol for banana here? And I didn't want to get, no. What the hell? Arr! You jumped to you from the bowl you did. You know, I did people, I wish this was a video cast right now because they would have thought, you gave me the wide-eyed look like, oh, he's going there. No, I didn't. I can't even believe you said that. I didn't How say dare anything. You? How dare you? I didn't say anything. You didn't even get a so laugh. Like, really? Your face just lit up and you... I didn't light up. <laughs> oh, you did. You're all, ooh, banana. Walk the plank. If anybody has a way of bananas there. No. Hey. <laughs> I'm just what are you doing? <laughs> Walk the plank. Scott would like to... Although, no, we're not even going there. We're done. I can't even let you continue with that. So although the banana has a number of symbolic elements, as Heather is now trying to bring out, I'm not. I decided to do some cherry picking because, yeah, I you decided to do, do ban- some cherry picking. Chicken picking. Yeah, cherry picking of just well maraschino cherry picking of one of the well I wanted something to fit the minute in the Pirates of the Caribbean narrative, okay. and so I cherry picked a couple of symbols because I wanted to leave off the euphemisms this time, which was strange for me. But you jumped in there as the queen of I euphemisms. You jump jumped in. in. You jumped in. But the one symbol that I did pick because it fit what I wanted to talk about, and that's really the only reason, is that it's a symbol of unpleasant and unforeseen situations. At least that's according to one source that I found. So why is he carrying the banana here? Well, I'm thinking maybe he's unconsciously telling these pirates, you know, the lineup here, that they're in for a crazy ride battling supernatural pirates. Either that or he really is just hungry and grabs, like you said, (laughs) fruit from the dock there or these provisions that they're going to put on the ship i imagine so what are your thoughts on that well you is know fruit symbol is... of things to gum or is it symbol of boy i could really hungry. use something i'm hungry right now it's hard to come by fruit on a ship right it goes bad quickly i have no idea 
I imagine. But the way bananas turn these days That's from what I the say. It store, goes bad quickly. Yeah, but that was a pretty green banana. So it was a green banana. You had to do that. That way they'd last. Yeah. I mean, if you're pulling the stuff that you find in stores today, it'd be like, we got to eat a thousand pounds of bananas. They're <laughs> yeah. going to be gone tomorrow. <laughs> Somebody make some banana bread. Put those in the freezer till we're ready. And then I was thinking, well, maybe Gibbs. People are wondering why you're putting bananas in the freezer. To save them for banana bread. I mean, this is common knowledge. No, it's not. Oh, this is common what happens here at this place. We put them in the freezer if they're gone really bad, and then we save them for banana bread. And they work out perfect. And they worked out perfectly. There you go. Common knowledge now. Yes. I mean, as I was going before Heather had to interrupt, Gibbs does say bringing a woman on board is bad luck. Frightful bad luck. There you go. Frightful bad luck. Maybe Gibbs saw the woman at the end, and then he sees the banana in, John, in Jack's ah, hand. Where are you going? No, where are you going? It's simple. <laughs> Dang you. I can't. No. He's not going to do. I mean, Shiver me, Timber. He's going to attack her with like a banana. He's <laughs> like, hey, hey, Anna Maria, I got this banana here. Let's go to the Tortuga. The Hotel of Tortuga. That's not where we're going. This is a clean podcast. What I was saying is, is Gibbs saw the woman in the line, the pirate woman. He sees the banana in Jack's hand. And he's thinking, holy Mary, mother of God, the symbolism of bad luck here. Remember I just said the banana is the symbol of yes. unpleasant things to come? <laughs> Your mind is in the gutter, my God. She does this. She gives me these crazy looks so you guys can't hear but what's really, and you can see it on her face. It's written there. How dare you? How, how dare you wait, hijack this wait, whole wait, podcast wait. How, with your banana talk? That is ridiculous. How can you say that when the thoughts are actually coming out of your head? No. I yeah, can I'm read not your face. Anything. I'm reading your face, and it's clear what's going on here. I'm not your saying. Your mind, like usual, is in the gutter. And I was trying to make a serious point about how Gibbs sight sees bad luck with things. We already know bananas are bad luck because I just told you that. Or a and sign of a sign something of, bad to come. Unpleasant to come, a sign, yeah. So it'd be like foreshadowing of things to come. The future is in the banana. And then you see <laughs> futures in the banana. That's yeah. a new phrase. I just <laughs> just made it up. Futures in my banana. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and then he sees Anna Maria and he's like, oh my God, there's two symbols of bad luck that are going to go on board this ship. <laughs> Maybe Gibbs doesn't like bananas on board because I don't really see bananas on the dock there. I see like some other fruits that yeah, look I like there. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Probably is, but come on. That's no what bananas. I'm thinking. Gibbs He's just got a banana. Holy Mary, mother of God, this is not going to be a good trip. That's all I can say. I'm sorry that all of you had to hear Heather go off the rails with banana talk. I, you're the one talking. But that's that's what happens here. It's it's the grog. When it flows this much, she just goes crazy. So why will it be far worse not to have her on board? Because hell hath no fury like fury a woman like scorned. A woman scorned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is a scorned woman here. He knows that he needs to take her. Plus, I think he... Well, he needs her. He knows because he's actually... Well, obviously, he's worked with her or crewed with her or... Been Something. a partner with yeah. her. So he knows her sailing skills. He doesn't know any of these other guys' sailing skills. Yeah. Except what Gibbs tells him. So I think he knows that it's best if they bring her aboard. Because they have somebody that he can trust as, as at least a, a good sailor. Okay. So that's what I have. 
Okay. So that's all I have for today. What about you? I'm all good. That's all I have for today. So we'll end on women are bad luck and bananas are foretelling of bad things to come. Yes. We'll be back tomorrow on that cheery note with Minute 64, The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Now give me that grog. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey. Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. 